Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network for hour two of day two. It's the two-two day. Uh, it's pretty here to talk about twenty-four, season two, episode two, nine a.m. to ten a.m. I believe. Yes, eight, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Eight, eight, nine, somewhere around there. <laughs> it's in the it's in the morning. We're here to talk about twenty-four, season two, C- somewhere sorry, Colin, in the morning. Korean or LA time. Oh, oh, that's right. Okay. Uh, we're, uh, is this during daylight savings, uh, before or after? We don't know. <laughs> Pacific uh, Standard Time. <laughs> uh, but uh, we got an exciting episode here because Kim's going to be on the run already. Yeah. Uh, so, wow, we got uh, a lot to talk about here. <laughs> um, my name is Colin, and that conservation policy is coming back to haunt me. My name is Ben, and hey, cowboy. Uh, I don't know if I'm excited about this week or not. I think we're progressing the story a little bit, but uh, can we just do it now? Can we just, I'm going to get all, this is going to be, this is going to be a first year. Okay. So um, episode two. All right. Kim is trying to get in the car. (laughs) Gary's banging on the window. Get Get out of the car. Get it out of the the way. I'm sick of it already. Kim. (laughs) Pulls out of the driveway. Gary's going to be chasing after her. She's on the highway. She gets blocked into a, a, an alley because Gary's blocking her. There's a dump truck behind her. Her and Megan get out. They're hiding behind a dumpster. This is familiar Terry for Kim. She's always hot. This is her favorite dumpster. Same one from season one, I believe. This is <laughs> trivia. Um, they escape from Gary's. Kim, Megan. Um, she's going to call uh. up Tony. <laughs> Because she's still got Tony on speed dial. And she's got nobody else to talk to. She doesn't call uh, Tony. What are you watching? She calls Tony in this episode. Does she? Yeah. No, she doesn't. What? Sure. Um, <laughs> Does she really? Is that episode three, maybe? She doesn't right, call Tony do in this in episode. episode three, in episode three, Stop she calls Tony. Your head. So, there we go. <laughs> this is, I was saying the Kim stuff, it happens so quickly. You just got to talk. I'm All literally right, so, going like, hang on a minute. She doesn't Tony. call Tony. What are you watching? <laughs> she does not. She does not call Tony. She will call Tony though. So there we go. We've already covered oh, half spoiler. episode <laughs> um, But Megan's head hurts and... Oh. As Kim tries to get on a payphone, Gary comes and he's smooth talking her. Okay, we uh, well, we're gonna work this out. Everything's gonna be fine. Kim says the smartest thing she can say. Why don't we go ask Carla her thoughts? And no, not Carla. And he blows up again. And oh, why did you say that name? Yeah, why did you say that name? Uh, there we go. Kim stuff's out of the way. What'd you think of Kim's storyline this week? Oh, like it's last week, zero to a hundred within five seconds. We've got this guy. <laughs> bashing up his wife to threatening to kill Kim. I will kill you, Kim. I will I, yeah, kill he you. He literally says, I will kill you. Like, okay. And you've got a great body. <laughs> and then, like, the whole, like, it's so dumb when, like, he's yelling at them, like, Kim! Megan! Like, they're literally in an alley. They've got nowhere to go. He looks around the corner. Oh, I can't find them. Better go off somewhere else. Like, it's so- they're, they're not even really hiding behind the dumpster. They're hiding behind a couple of boxes behind a dumpster. And, like, like, dumb fuck Megan. Like, stay in the boxes, you little shit. You're just creating... T- <laughs> this, this, this is the problem with this season and Kim. You are creating tension for the sake of creating... This is the cougar. This is what yeah. we get. This is why everyone hates the cougar. It's literally like Kim would go into a 7-Eleven. It would get held up. Like, Kim would, like, <laughs> walk into a building. A plane would fly into it. Like, like just everything that Kim does in this season, something bad happened. Even, like... The, the, the thing oh. that probably pisses me off the most is like she's literally getting like bashed up 
and then like she nut shots Gary twice, gets a crowbar, <laughs> and she's like completely fine with just like she's just like gone again zero to hundred. I mean, I get it. Last season, like I've gone through a hard day. Bring it on! Like I mean, clearly she's got some anger pent up over eighteen months, but it's just like this is a poor little girl like who's been. Uh, tortured from the death of a mother for 18 months, he's willing to create, like, first-degree assault, nutshotting people. Like, I get it, Gary's not a nice guy. He's threatened to kill her, but, like, oh, like, at least... An last hour ago, epi- you really wanted those nuts. At least an episode ago, we got her in her panties or something that you could be okay <laughs> with. But, like, I mean, I'll take Gary in his panties right now. Like, just, <laughs> just this, like, oh, like, I, I, I don't want to, like, we talked a bit last season about how stuff doesn't hold up. Like this doesn't hold. Like I'm, I'm sick of this already, and I feel like yeah. we don't get angry with Kim until the cougar. That's ages away. This is episode two, and I'm just like, oh, be gone with it. <laughs> and and again, like I said last week, I remember this all so vividly, and I think yeah. that's just a testament to how bad it is. You can't get it out of your mind. I remember the dumpster. Oh. I remember the. I remember the. What do we talk to Carl? Like first, of all, that's the dumbest. You know this guy's dangerous. Hmm. Why don't we run it by your wife that you clearly hate? Like no. This is, this is like. Again, like how far we've come that we've talked about the Palmer drama, like, oh, Palmer drama. Like, like in episode two, we weren't like talking about Farragamo's office burning down and like mm. Sherry burning the <laughs> tape. Like, that's what this is like. Like, you drew that out enough where, like, again, as we said last week, like, create a bit of tension. Like, oh, Gary, like, is he like, this is what they do right with the Warners. Like, oh, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. is he evil? Like, what's going on? Like, literally in that first episode, oh, Gary's a bit shifty, shifty Gary. <laughs> Second episode, oh, he's a bit extra shifty. Something's going on here. Like, have like a bruise on Carla's arm and Kim notice. Oh, look what's going on. Nothing, nothing. Like, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. What's going on here? Like, you've literally gone. End of first episode, bang head. Megan's, eh, 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 my head. Second episode, <laughs> within five minutes, I will kill you, Kim. To like, nut shot, nut shot, nut shot, run. Oh, no, she's not in the boxes. Like, it's just too quick. It's too fast. Like, this is the problem with Kim. And this is, again, I don't dislike the Kim character. Like, we will defend Kim next season. We somewhat defended Kim last season until she got a bit too much. But, like, this season is just already, it's jumped the shark with Kim. Like, hashtag bring back Kim in panties. Yeah, (laughs) please. Uh, But now that we've got that out of the way, uh, so what did you think about episode two? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was all right. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing else happened. Bring back Jack cutting off heads. Uh, also, I love what you said. Uh, totally makes sense about you know Kim does something and something goes wrong. Kim dials nine one one nine one one hold please for the yeah. first time ever. <laughs> I'm, I'm like I don't know if you've ever called nine one one in your life. We, we've had no. We've we've got triple zero in Australia. I've called it once um, when I was uh, when I was with Louise in our apartment. Um, it was like, I remember like we could smell smoke all day. It's like, okay. And then like, cause I stay up late. So like one o'clock in the morning, we had like a apartment underneath our apartment. And so at one o'clock in the morning, there's this bang, 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 bang on the side of the door. And I was like, oh, what's up? And like our neighbors were like, oh yeah, the side of your house is on fire. And I was like, like, what the fuck? Like <laughs> sort of look out the window. You see these flames. So like, I'm like, I've called triple. Like, I've never done it before. Like, I'm like, fuck, what do I do? And so like, you're, like, you're in that, you're taught as a kid. I'm sure you're taught like, this is what you do when you call 911. This is what will happen. And like, it kind of just, it clicks into gear and then you get somebody answer the phone and like, who do you want? Like fire department, please. And then so like, they connect you. And like, what's the, yeah, g'day, what's the problem? Oh, our side of the house is on fire. Where are you? This is our address. Cool. <laughs> And they're there within, I swear they were there with like five, ten minutes. Like they were there pretty quickly. By that stage, like it was just a little fire. We'd put it out with hose and then they basically went with like this thermal stuff to make sure there wasn't. And it was, it was done and dusted. But like you're kind of nervous in that situation calling triple zero. But like there's no one putting you on hold. Like you and I did 911, the, the pilot episode. I've watched all of those. Like no one's getting on hold. Like <laughs> bloody Jennifer Love Hewitt's not sitting there going, hold, please. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Is it the... um? Is it South Park or the Sim? What's that one where they like they literally have the um? No, it was the sixth day. Remember when we did back to Sarah Winter yeah. when it was like you've called nine one one. Would you like to? And like they had them put Arnie on hold. Remember that? Like that was. Oh uh, no, I don't. Yeah, well, you should. That but was I the just, first episode we ever did. I on the love the work <laughs> in Hobart. You see somebody's house on fire. You go knock on the door. It's like so. Um, the side of your house seems to be on fire. I don't know if you want to do something about that. Well, like, they, they were kind of panicked because, like, like again, if someone's banging at your door at 1 a.m., it's not for a cup of sugar, right? Like, it's kind of, it's it's something else, <laughs> you know, it's something serious. But, um, 
I think they went and got their hose and put it out. And yeah, so anyway, fun times. <laughs> of course they did. Yes. Uh, all right, so let's cover the the Reza and uh, why did I keep forgetting her name? Kate. Kate. I was going to call her Janet again. I don't know why she reminds me of Janet. Oh, so Janet. Australians on 24. Okay, take that back. Like, I know she's Australian, but Katie's no Janet. That's offensive <laughs> to Janet. Uh, Jack's no Janet. Let's be honest about oh. that. What a woman. Uh, so, I mean, really all that goes on with Kate this week is she's doing a bit of spying. Um, and <laughs> She's James Bond. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because this guy is asking her to commit a felony now. Can you lift your brother-in-law's wallet? Can you steal his passport? <laughs> this guy is like a private investigator and he's asking her to commit felonies. Uh, this guy deserves to be disbarred from the Private Eye Association, or if that's even a thing. <laughs> private Eye Association <laughs> of America. But basically, all this amounts to is a nice little tent scene when she's going to rifle through his glove box, rifle through his car, and then, of course, uh, we get that nice shot of it just all of a sudden out of nowhere, you get the pull away and raise the stand right there staring at her. Hey, Janet. Uh, not Janet. <laughs> hey, other Australian. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Fam- famous Hulk oh. line. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, they need And it's actually a good cover story because I, I yeah. mean, I've seen this multiple times. But when it came up, even in this, I'm like, wait, what was her excuse? How did she get out of this? How are you going to get out of that? It's, oh, they needed to make room. They need to move some cars. Don't you think you'll need these? <laughs> <laughs> well, silly me. I forgot that. That's all we get for Kate this week. But I mean, it is actually a very suspenseful moment. And as stupid as it is that this private eye wants to commit a felony, she's, this is what she's spending her time doing. I just want Marie to come in and say, listen, stop spying on my husband and fold those napkins. We need forks on the right, knives on the left. Get to work, Kate. You're the maid of honor. This is your job. I'm the bride. Like, I shouldn't be folding the napkins, <laughs> yeah. damn it. Um, but, like, you know, I think what talking about the Kim stuff so quickly and saying this is too quick. It's elevating the water storyline because like they're yeah. doing this right. They're padding <laughs> this out enough. Like you, you've got enough suspicion there where you're like, okay, I'm intrigued. And like, I, again, I'm, I'm with you. I've seen this scene so many times. I remember it, but like, I'm still like at the edge of my seat. Like, Oh my God, like he's coming, he's coming. Like, Oh, what's he going to do? I will question the fact that she like writes down so many dates in like two seconds. Um, <laughs> and then she's on the phone for like 10 minutes later on, like, you know, going on last, how he was in Azerbaijan, Sudan, a man, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yemen. I, what? I, Yemen? <laughs> I do. I do. Like this guy's dodge. Like this private investigator is like, Oh, so. He's, uh, yes, I see here that he's got some uh, potential connections to Saeed Ali, like big terrorists. Oh, okay. Yeah, so to clear his name, we're just going to make sure that he hasn't been travelling with him at the same... Like, okay, like <laughs> I've travelled a bit, right? Now, I'm not a terrorist, just putting it out there. Hello, everyone. <laughs> to clarify, the day you're listening, Ben Waterworth, not a terrorist. Well, at the time <laughs> of recording this, I might have, you know, defected by the time this is released. By then, I'm all over the news. I'm famous, but... <laughs> Like, I'm sure at one point in my life, I have been on a plane. I have been in an airport. I've been in the vicinity of a bad person. Like, like maybe twice. Maybe I was on the same flight as a terrorist once and that they've gone on or like a child molest. I don't know. So, like, is that all it takes? So, like, is the FBI's going, okay, evil Noah Groves, the racist terrorist pedophile, <laughs> flew on these days. Hang on a minute. This Ben Waterworth was on the same flight. Hang on a minute. He was also terrorist. Like, I love this guy's reasoning of like, well, if he's in the same place at the same time as these people, he's automatically bad. Like, yeah. that, that's not a reason. Like, <laughs> at least last week when the nuclear bombs discovered, I think they say like, this has been triple sourced. Like, okay, well, good. We've got some clarification. Like, don't just jump down the throat of your Arab future brother-in-law. Like, you, what? A guy like, and Sayyid Ali, I'm sorry. Sayyid Ali is a, sounding like a pretty common name. I'm sure that's like Arabic's John Smith. Like, yeah. you know, like there's literally another Ben Waterworth out there who does the same thing as me and he's more famous. I always get confused for that <laughs> shithead. And if I get one more, like I get complaints for this guy. People bag me out. <laughs> You're out of cool shit. I'm going to kill your family. It's like wrong Ben Waterworth. I will lol. kill you. <laughs> like I have gotten threats from people like say like, where did you get your journalism degree? And I'm like, mm, I don't know, Wheaties box. Um, but like... <laughs> like, I am not that Ben Waterworth. But I don't have a common name. It's not a common name. People shouldn't have my name. It's dumb. But, like, Saeed Ali is a pretty common-sounding Arabic name. So, like, how, what if this is just, like, business friend from, like, Yemen law school? Like, yeah. 
Like Muhammad is the most common name in the world, right? Like yeah. that is by like hands down, it's been proven. Like I'm sure there's Muhammad Ali. Oh, hey, well, there was. <laughs> there might be. <laughs> but like I'm sure there's more people out there called Muhammad. I'm sure there's another Colin. If I went on a Facebook right now, I will find more than one Colin Hilding. You right? won't. <laughs> I've checked. You will not. Well, I did that back in the day. I think it was like eight Ben Waterworths and I added them all. <laughs> and you know what was dumb is that every time I went to then like actually uh, tag myself in a photo, it was so freaking impossible because I didn't know which Ben Waterworth was the right Ben Waterworth. So never add yourself on Facebook. But anyway, um, I've lost the point. Racist Kate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Now we get on to some good stuff here. Uh, let's do the, uh, the, the the Palmer drama. Um, cause I actually really like the Palmer drama. I think this is, this is probably what holds the show together in the first season here, uh, or the first season, the first couple episodes, <laughs> the first, first arc of season Sorry. two. Sorry. There's Colin Hildinger. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I found there's Colin Holdings, but there's no Colin Hildings. Oh, there's another Colin Hilding. What are you talking about? Is there? There is. Spell, um, it, spell his name the same? There's two L's. There's Colin. So oh, two L's. Colin. Colin. Colin Hilding. Uh, where where is Colin Hilding? Um, they're too private. Their their profile picture is a tractor. So oh no, that that's me. That's <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> There's Colin Holding, as you said. There's a Colin Hiding from Aberdeen. Um, so there you go, Colin Hickey. Now, is there another Noah Grove? Can we start sending them angry death threats for being racist hey, on a Survivor I'm, podcast? Many I'm years sure ago. <laughs> there's got to be another Noah Groves in the world. Oh, there is Noah Grove. There's a few. There's, oh, there's a lot. <laughs> Noah Groves, who is a corrections officer at the Kansas Department of Corrections. Noah Groves lives in Bracknell. There's another Noah Groves. There's a little kid, Noah Groves. I should message him. Oh, there's sexy Noah Groves with his buff arms and a, from Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, Noah Groves from Council Bluffs in Iowa. Uh, Noah Groves, AES, likes baseball. Uh <laughs> Can we just start sending There's all these people a message asking them when Fatty S was reuniting? There's Noah Groves likes fighting raccoons. <laughs> That's our There's Noah Groves. There's so many. There's got to, I swear there's at least like 50 Noah Groves here. Noah Groves is the Syed Ali of South Korea right now that, that we've discovered. This is the most common name you can get other there's than Noah Syed Grooves. Ali. Noah Groves. There you go. Is there a Noah Gruber? How many Anthony Rockies are there? Um, <laughs> anyway, sorry, we're getting sidetracked. This is the reason why we went for nearly two hours last week. Uh, <laughs> Palmer drama. Uh, so, yeah, projections are bad. A lot of people are going to die. This thing gets detonated. We know uh, it's going to wipe out, uh, what is it, 2.5 million of the, the count, which changes on the screen, by the way. That's like a half of LA. Like, I'm glad like, only half of LA is going to die. Like, it's yeah. good for them. I mean, Jack should have called Kim last week and said, listen, I need you to get to the other side of L.A. <laughs> yeah. Don't send her on a drive all the way to Aunt Carol's. And, 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 then, and then she rings, hello from the other side. <laughs> oh, Adele jokes. I've got them. Uh, <laughs> you got tons of them, don't you? <laughs> uh, but uh, let's, yeah, cover drama. All right, so the main main drama this week, though, is going to be uh, this obviously Palmer, they, they make a point a couple of minutes before this whole journalist thing is going to come up. Uh, it's like, well, he's out there coddling the media again. Uh, and this is a major now that correct me if I'm wrong. Does Palmer not basically say I'm going to go do a press briefing? And his reasoning for it is we need to get ahead of this before the media does. And then when he's out there, he's like, yes, I love my fishing trip. Oh, why did it end? Oh, you know, I, I didn't want to get in trouble for those conservation things. I thought the whole point that he was saying was he was going out there saying, listen, something is happening. We will release information in due time. And he just goes out there and he schmoozes. Yeah. Pa- Palmer's dumb in this episode. Like he is just <laughs> like, I'm not like he, like he sits in his office for half of it, like looking at projections. I mean, again, the president of the United States has literally been told a nuclear bomb is going to go off today. Now, can we also just clarify today, right? He's not even 24 hours in this case. It is what? Like 16 hours because it's 8 a.m., so then you've got today goes up to midnight. So, like, this is rush, rush, rush. This isn't, like, 24 hours. I like, don't just about, well, the show's got 24. We've got 24 hours. <laughs> no, today is 16 hours because it's 8 a.m. It's not midnight. It's midnight Korean time. <laughs> but, like, yeah. so what does he do? He sits and chills. He has a fight with Rayburn because he wants to, you know, call in the, the Chiefs for a potential retaliation, which I'm sorry, I'm on board with Rayburn here because today... It's, it's, it's today. <laughs> it's not like you've said... It will happen at 7 p.m. or later. 
today could be in five minutes. What mm-hmm. if you're there, like sitting in your office projections, and you're do 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 do? Oh, what's the phone call? Oh yeah, g'day, hello, Zap, what's up? Oh, the bomb's gone off. Fuck. All right. I, well, uh, meeting everyone. <laughs> Department <laughs> Guys, heads only. <laughs> bomb's gone off already. Shit. Well, you know, awkward. Like. This guy's got every right to, like, call them as a... I'm sure this is what happens. Yeah. And, like, why is this a thing that they're, like, oh, can't let this get out to cause mass panic? All right. The mass panic comes from telling them a nuclear bomb is going to go off in LA today. (laughs) That's the mass panic, all right? Yes, LA would shit themselves. This is where, as the US government does, they will say the threat level has been raised to code orange or the threat level has been raised to code red. They never come out and say, fuck code red, there's a new coming, like in 10 minutes, everybody, get to your shield. Like that's why they simply say we've raised the threat level today. We've got a credible threat that has come in today. We are monitoring it. Please stay home and be calm. All you got to do, Palmer. But then his whole thing for this episode, and I'm jumping ahead here, but like he's like, we've got one journalist who's gotten ahead. Like, I'm sorry, your role should be which dickhead is leaking information to the media this quickly yeah. we've only known for an hour. <laughs> like, like this is where it's dodgy. Palmer is dumb and Palmer has got himself to blame for the media shit that's about to happen with what's about to happen with this journalist. Hashtag team journalism this episode. I also really think that Palmer is just addicted to press conferences. Like, yeah. you know... <laughs> This because they basically say, oh, he's out there coddling the media again. And, and he says later on, uh, oh, who who has been more forthcoming with the press than me? Like, I think that he just doesn't like to do his real job. And he's like, yeah, ah, I, re- I love the attention. I love this, the, the, the presence on stage and all the lights on me. Like, he's just out there and it's like, all right. So this nuclear bomb threat, don't worry, we're going to take care of it. Do I have any requests beyond the sea? All right. And hit it somewhere. <laughs> like, he's a karaoke out there. Anything to just. Keep himself in the spotlight. Oh, everybody. Hey, how you doing, Carol? <laughs> How's your brother, Jack? <laughs> Palmer's got talent. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And for my next trick. <laughs> the heat is on, on the street. <laughs> oh, 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 I want oh. like Lynn standing right next to him. He's like, bet you guys haven't seen this one for. Got your nose. <laughs> Somebody pick a card, any card. Got a card, got a card. You want to pick a card? Was this your card? I need a volunteer from the audience. Yes, young lady, come up on stage. <laughs> oh, I want to be part of his press conferences. Uh, but yeah, he basically tells them nothing. Uh, and then he's going to come back in and they're going to give him the bad news that uh, uh, this is Whelan. This is what, what's his what's the first name? Um, uh, journalist. Journalist Wheeland, the journalist Wheeland is going ahead with a live report. Now, here's the other thing. They, yes, they're right, but they really jumped the gun there. He has a live report that's going to be going uh, in, in the next hour. It's not even the next hour. On, I think they say by midday. I think they've got like two hours to go. But like they don't say yes. And our sources tell us that, that somebody leaked information. They're just like, he's got a live report. Reporters don't do live reports in Los Angeles. They must know something. Go is kidnap him, waterboard him. <laughs> this is this is Oregon, Colin. They don't they have live TV, <laughs> Oregon. But like Ron Wheeland is his name. But like like this is this is where it just makes no sense. Like this is where they should have a line that he's gotten confirmation that a nuke. Like they don't even say that he knows about the nuke. They literally say he is going to go on air to say that something is going on, that there's a threat. Like I've watched the news. I've seen that reporters do this. Like, we have it all the time in Australia, like with COVID. Like, and reports say today that the Prime Minister will be making an announcement today in regards to the borders in Australia with a threat level rising currently in Australia. Like, that's all they say. Like, that's all they, like, all these guys are going to go on, like, Fox News and be like, yes, the sources close to the White House say that there's been a credible threat labelled against the, the country, possibly Los Angeles. <laughs> and then that all Palmer has to come out and go, well, yes, we receive threats every day. This is not, nor- this is not common. Uh, we have not received anything specific to Los Angeles today, but we will keep you on. That's all he has to do. Again, as a journalist, all I get is spin. Whenever you want a statement from anyone, they give you, like, they tow the crappy line and you know they're bullshitting you, but you can't do anything about it unless you're one of those dickheads on Fox who just break news stories that don't exist. And so you've got to go with it. So what Palmy Palmy is so dumb because, like, again, mm. Ron Whelan is smart. Like, literally, he pulls in Ron Whelan. Sits him down. He's like, yes, well, tell you what, Sonny, 
I'll give you an exclusive tomorrow if you sit on this store. And like Ron Willen exactly is any journalist, journalist, we're smart, all right? Like straight away it's like, well, no one's ever been called into the office this quickly with the president. Like 10 something minutes, yeah. Tells me I'm onto something here. And like, what does Palmer give him? Like, oh, in 24 hours, I'll give it to you 10 minutes. Like one thing I'll say about Ron here, Ron should be like, no, I want a one-on-one exclusive with you live on air tomorrow at 8 a.m. I want to be mm-hmm. able to break this story 12 hours before everybody else. And I want for the next month, uh, I want to do karaoke with you. Like, like, that, like, <laughs> yeah. like, like he's a shit bargaining tool, but like Palmer, you're digging yourself a hole here. And not just because you're then going to kidnap a journalist. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not that type of journalist. I'm never going to break shit like this. But, like, if I'm covering the council at Invercargill and I'm in New Zealand and the fucking, I'm interviewing the mayor, who is a bit of a dumb shit, but whatever, like, <laughs> and all of a sudden he's all like, Ben, like, don't hold the story. I'm like, no. Like, well, I'll give you excellent. No. All right, well, off you go. And then I get kidnapped <laughs> by the Invercargill j- mayor for four hours. Yeah, straight away I'm calling my editor. So guess what? I just got kidnapped by the mayor because I'm onto something. Breaking news. Like, <laughs> Fucking Dumb Palmer. Hashtag Dumb Palmer this episode. He's creating himself a problem. Dumb Palmer drama. Dumb Palmer drama. Dumb Palmer. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't want to defend Donald Trump, but Donald Trump didn't even do this. He just tweeted it on the toilet. (laughs) Lol, nuclear bomb in LA today. Hope you brought your sunscreen. You can blame CNN for this one. (laughs) No president has ever got more nuclear bomb threats than I have. (laughs) Obama didn't deal with this. Sad. (laughs) You know what I do love, though, is uh, Palmer's bad, um, I- I'm not going to call it negotiation, whatever it is that you're going to have with Whelan, uh, where you mentioned the the whole uh, thing that he says about, uh, oh, no, nobody's ever called uh, been called in on this short notice or one-on-one with the president. Palmer tells him, I think you're barking up the wrong tree, Ron. And Ron's response, I'm like, go, Ron Whelan. He's like... <laughs> 20 years in the business, and the first time anybody's ever been called in a one I think I'm barking up the right tree, Mr. President. Yeah, and this is the problem. Like, make this like like Larry the 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 intern. Like, he'd be like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'll right, right, fit on that one. <laughs> <laughs> like, not like 20-year, you know, freaking like Pulitzer Prize winning Ron Wheeland. Like, yeah. you know, come on. This is Ron Wheeland. Portland Trail Blazer, Ron Wheeland. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in, in Oregon gets to go on the Blazers, right? Like <laughs> this week on your Portland Trailblazers at Point Guard, it's Rod <laughs> Wheeler, yeah, Blazer Nation. Uh, there we go. That, that's Palmer drama, though. I like it. <laughs> like, it's, 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 it's fine, but like it's just, I just like, I like me Palmer. Palmer's great, but like Palmer just comes across as such a schmuck in this episode. Like he's again, literally sitting around his office looking at notes while there's a nuclear bomb about to go up. Like, we watched George Bush reading a story to kids in Florida when he gets that famous yeah. little moment where someone whispers and he kind of has that slow nod. By the time the second one, he's on a fucking plane. He's back to Washington. He's he's addressing the nation. He's on board. He's doing it. Like, Bush, good on you, George. You did something right. But, like, everybody's lovable uncle George W. Bush. Watch W, <laughs> great movie. Um, But, yeah, like, I just... I'm sorry, Palmer. If this bomb goes off, you got yourself to blame, mate. You've been sitting there for an hour, like just looking at notes, kidnapping journalists. Like, I mean, a nuclear bomb's about to go off in your country today. I also really have to question uh, another the character that's going to be introduced here, uh, because I complained last week that we get I don't know seventy new characters introduced, most of which are off camera. Uh, they they dropped the, the names of all these terrorists that uh, they thought they were dead and weren't dead. They've got the the guy who's on trial and then the guy who is being testified against him. None of these characters we really ever see. If we do for it's only for five minutes. We got people like Rayburn in there. We got people like um, what's her name? Jenny Flex. Uh, <laughs> Jenny Dodge. <laughs> Jenny Flex. Of course you are. <laughs> we have so many new characters, and then you introduce uh, the name of somebody in one scene. Ron Wheeland is it like they say it as if the audience is supposed to know and then how does the scene end? get me Armis and I'm like who's yeah. Armis I'm still wondering who Armis is and then even when he calls him up on his phone like he just like Wheeland leaves the room and then Palmer all like just like oh behind oh, da, da, da. Armis do what you do what you do yes Mr. President what does he do he grabs him by the arm like, that's why he's called Armis. <laughs> I need the guy who will very aggressively grab somebody by the arm. Not Armis. legless. Armis. Yeah. 
What about throatless, sir? No. <laughs> Armless. Like, Definitely no called- crotchmas. No crotchmas. We are not Palmer scandals. Called, called these secret service agents like by what they do. Get me torturous <laughs> on the phone. Where's Waterborderus? Where is he? He's off today. Oh, um, oh, guess we can do the arms. Where's Nippleus? <laughs> if this were to see to you, give me arms to man. <laughs> Damn it. We're running out of time. The heat is on. <laughs> give me Karyokulus. Car- I need Karyokulus. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that? Get me Monica Lewinsky. Yes. Oh wait. <laughs> Where's Keith Miss? <laughs> Where's Tubeless? Where's Faragamo? Too too soon. Too. Oh sorry. Dead. Where's Wifeless? You divorced us, sir. Oh shit. Uh, all right. So there we go. Palmer drama. Wait, we're really breezing through this. Really? There's not a lot going on in this episode. Uh. All right, so the, the CTU and Jack stuff, uh, just quickly mention the CTU thing uh, because we get, the, I guess the big thing here is that Mason's going to bail. So I, I kind of want to talk about that on its own here uh, because this is the most George Mason point ever. <laughs> and I love it because I'm being honest, this is me too. You know, you, you, not me too, hashtag, hashtag me too. Me but, too. But oh, not do Mason, these, like, no, boo. What did Mason do? <laughs> Uh, every time we do these end of the world movies, you're always talking about how you're that panicky guy. It's like, oh my God, we're all going to die. <laughs> Just running for your life, pushing women and children. <laughs> That's you. I am Mason. I am, I am very subtly doing it. And Mason does something here that I do all the time. Okay. So he basically gets this, this report or whatever. Also, I, I love uh, Paula's role. This episode is last week. If you remember when she was being all panicky, Tony says, listen, all I need you to do is open a couple of sockets. And I still don't know how many, 10 or 11 seasons at 24. What does opening a socket mean? I don't know. It's just, it's it's their, their crutch phrase, but I need you to open a couple of sockets. It's like 45 minutes later now. And Mr. Mason, I opened that socket for you. What is opening a socket? He gets an email. Like, is that, is that what opening a socket is? I got that passenger list for you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, finally. Where's Miles? Milo, not Miles. Wrong one. Don't even know their name. Open the socket. Where's Nina? She's evil, sir. Damn it. She was much quicker at the socket opening than you were. It's this beard. I can't think. I should be in Washington right now. I knew it should never grow beard. This beer has brought me bad luck since the beginning of this day. <laughs> it's going to be a long day. <laughs> Give me the heads of the department in here right now. Is the nuclear bomb still going to go off? <laughs> Where's the socket? <laughs> <laughs> Give me socket command. <laughs> I was just about to say <laughs> Where's Palmer? Let's go with socketness. <laughs> what? What is a socket? Like, what is like early two thousands technology? Like, who who gets a job at CTE? What's your job? I open sockets. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I swear I, I should sh- open a socket. Like, what does it mean? <laughs> I don't get you because we finally see what is. He gets a memo in his inbox, <laughs> and that memo. Okay. This is a priority, extremely high, <laughs> imminent threat of a terrorist attack. Chances of going off 80 to 90%. You needed a tech to take 45 minutes to open to get an 80 to 90% threat. This should be flashing up. Like last, last season. was is phoning him. They're like, listen, listen, don't wait for the sockets to open. We're all going to die. <laughs> Why has technology gotten worse? Last season, Mason's running down the stairs, all eyes on monitors, and it was like, breaking new CNN, Palmer's headquarters is blown up. This time around, it's open socket, you know, carry the one, <laughs> dot the I, pass go, call up Sedan, <laughs> um, X divided by 3X squared. All right, socket open. All right, what's it say here? Imminent threat of terrorist attack, uh, 80 90%. When set to go off in five seconds. If only we had had somebody more experienced in socket opening. Like, what, like, seriously? Like, can we get John Kazar back on this show just to answer one question? John, welcome back to the Oz Network. What the fuck is a socket? And who's opening them? 
Jesus. I, I, I Google opening a sock and the first thing that comes up is a 24 Reddit thread. I need you to open a sock getting quotes. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to read this, like, the, the <laughs> Intel thing. It's, like, it's half blurry, so it's, like, recent acquisition of street-level in- Street-level Intel? I thought this was triple sword. <laughs> this has gone down to the street corner. Yeah, can I, can I buy, like, a, a tenner of uh, heroin and maybe just some information? Yeah, okay, here you go, heroin. Just a pss, word on street. Yeah, yeah, nuclear bomb going off. To- oh, shit, all right, better pass that on. This was the guy giving away blowjobs in season one that they got the Intel from. <laughs> So oh, yeah, so there's a bomb somewhere in the city. Intel confirms, I can't even read that because it's blurry, something or other, CTU analysis and intelligent concerning the <laughs> something uh, like of nuclear device in Los Angeles area, current blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's like I don't get why they've like blurred out some of the writing here. Maybe it's just meant to be Mason because he's not wearing his glasses. But like... <laughs> Like what? Why? Why is this? Oh, this information is highly classified. Final analysis: probability <laughs> of detonation eighty-nine to ninety-three percent. Mm-hmm. Like, if they're that sure, why are they only doing this today? Like, they only found out an hour ago. Like, Jesus! Like, wow, <laughs> jumping the gun much? And this is the most Mason moment ever because. He gets the, the, the memo and the sock has been opened. <laughs> He's got the memo. <laughs> we're 93% chance we're all dead. Well, I'm on lunch. See you guys. <laughs> the way, this is what I, say. I, the, I do this all the time. Now I'll, I'll defend myself a little bit uh, because my job, I'm basically supervising other people who should be doing their job. And one of the things I do is I'll kind of just wait and see, is anybody going to catch this? Does anybody realize that something bad's happening here? Does anybody realize nobody's paying attention and that, that you know, we've got a bit of a mess to clean up here? And I'll wait and I'll be like, so just thought you guys might like to know um, there's a little problem here. You might want to do this. And I'm on lunch, by the way, and I'll just log off my computer. <laughs> I do that all the time. It's fun. I totally uh, do that too. Yep. <laughs> yes. So, yes, I am 100% Mason here. Uh, but the way that his, his Tony's conversation, like this is uh, this is what makes Mason so great. Nobody likes him and nobody's afraid to hide it. Uh, where he's like, oh, yeah, so I'm off to Bakersfield. Uh, <laughs> well, I it's thought that we had, yeah, I thought we had Jenkins on Bakersfield. It's like, well, I sent him somewhere else. I don't need to explain myself to you. <laughs> like, he gets all defensive. And Tony's like, actually, I think you do, George. You can't talk to me like that. Like, and I just love this relationship they have where he's not afraid to mouth off to his boss. And Mason's not even good at covering them. I don't need to explain myself to you. I'm going now. Bye. I'm not doing anything suspicious. Don't even bother coming to Bakersfield. Just stay here. Everything's fine, everybody. Which, I mean, I would love them. Open some more sockets. <laughs> Get back on the socket opening. <laughs> Since you got rid of your soul patch, you've been down on <laughs> socket opening by 22%, Almeida. <laughs> if you don't open up another 27 sockets by the end of the day, you're going to find yourself not as a head of department anymore. You're going to work under Paula. <laughs> you know there's a quote of a socket opening in CTU. <laughs> um, but, like, I did like... Tony is a bit of a dick here. Like, okay, I get it. Mason's running away. <laughs> it's Mason. <laughs> but, like, at the same time, like, Tony's just like, like, oh, I feel you're going out to, like, get away from the r- blast yeah, radius. Yeah, like, <laughs> just say you're going to get outside the blast radius already, Mason. <laughs> okay, like, Mason should be like, I'm just going down to Hollywood. Like, you know, still within the blast radius. So he doesn't think, oh, okay, that's fine. Like, but like I mean, it's just like, like, what if there legitimately was a job in Bakersfield, Tony, you dick? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But like I actually kind of like I I I'm with you like I like kind of and like the really like I guess spoiler alert here is that Mason kind of almost I like the way they write this because like you go oh Mason the weasel you little slimy prick but like him doing this kind of almost leads to stuff that happens to him if he had to just stay yeah. in the office oh yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> so it's it's kind of, it's kind of one of those like um you you know like we've talked about in other movies that we've done like you know. We've got to kill this person off because they did something slightly bad. Karma. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, like, it's kind of that way. But, like, I, I like it. Like, I like sort of we'll get that with Chappelle next season. It's kind of like you feel bad, but at the same time you're not meant to like these people still. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's uh, yeah. And, like, Xander Berkeley's great at kind of playing this type of character. Like, I got to say, I think I talked to was – I, was I messaged you or I think I talked to Nick about this off air on one of our Breaking Bad download now on the Oz Network. But I was watching – um. FBI most wanted because why not? I was, mm-hmm. I, it was AFL grand final day. And after the AFL grand final, FBI most wanted came on. And like, I'd honestly wanted to watch it because Julian McMahon's like the main star. And I always like to kind of keep tabs on nip tuck actors. And I'm like, God, this show's below Julian McMahon. But then like, <laughs> 
Amy Carlson, like major character in Third Watch, appeared on the Oz Network, was on there. Uh, I remember that they said that um, uh, Terry O'Quinn was on it. So, like, this episode, like, Terry O'Quinn, I think, is Julian McMahon's dad. I'm like, wow, I don't know how to see that John Locke is Christian Troy's dad, but sure. Amy Carlson plays, like, the rival to the FBI, so, like, the LAPD or something like that. But in this episode, Xander Berkeley was the bad guy. He had, like, kidnapped a woman and was basically, like, holding this woman hostage. And I'm watching this show going, like, great, it's the Oz Network, you know, four shows that we've covered on here. We just needed a Breaking Bad episode and uh, actor and all would have been ticked off. But I was like, God, this show is below these people. Like, <laughs> Sandra Berkeley went from being, like, the villain in Air Force One to being on FBI Most Wanted. Like, Julie McMahon, mm. nearly James Bond to being in FBI Most Wanted. Like, Terry O'Quinn, like, one of the greatest actors that should be in better things. FBI most wanted. Amy oh. Carlson. I mean, she's a good actor, but I don't know if she it probably suits her standard. But, like, like it was just like, wow, this show, what am I talking about? So, Xander Berkeley, my point is, is a great actor and should not be on what FBI most wanted. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Julie Absolutely McMahon agree. should not be on FBI most wanted. Do you ever, Um, I don't know if you follow Sarah Clark or Xander Berkeley. I do, yeah. Yeah. Like and, on and, Instagram, not like in person. Yeah, I'm exactly. <laughs> I'm outside the house right now. Do you want me to talk to them? Sarah! Sarah, we're talking about you. Put the clothes on and come talk to us. <laughs> but but it, it's funny because I, I've known that they've been married since I think this show was originally on the air. It sort of read, oh, George Mason and Nina are actually married. That's kind of cool. It's not like I don't know this. And yet every time I see them posting pictures together, I'm like, oh, it's so cool. It's George and Nina together. Like it catches me off guard. I, I love following them on social media. You know what it is? It's that weird thing where like, I'm glad like by the time we release this, I've probably gotten divorced, but like, <laughs> like I've never like back to our survivor days. Like I, I'm, you know, not the biggest Boston Rob fan, you know, not the biggest, but like it actually legitimately makes me happy that Rob and Amber are still together. Mm. And that like, have have had like, cause like, I remember at the time thinking like, oh, this is a bit cheesy. It's like, oh, he's proposing at the foot. Like, yeah. oh, you know, they're it's getting gonna be married like the Bachelor. on TV. By yeah. the time the reunion comes up, they're already divorced. It'll last six. Like, they're just doing this for the money. Like, okay. But like, here we are, like nearly 20 years later, every kid with a middle name Rose, isn't it? Like, I mean, you know, yeah. they're like, we're only, I think, five years away from the Mariano season of Survivor. Um, actually, they'll probably end up on Australian Survivor based on how they're doing it right now. But, um, <laughs> like, yeah, like it, that legitimately makes me happy. So I'm the same. Like, I'm glad that Xander and Sarah, at least at the time of recording this, are still married. <laughs> I wonder if they've got any uh, Berkeleyettes, Berklets. Like Berklets? Little, little Berklets. Mason. I wonder if they live in Berkeley. I wonder if they opened it. I wonder if, I wonder if uh, Xander opened a socket to get the baby <laughs> in. I wonder if that's how they role play. Sarah, let's that's, have a baby. Oh, I'll when, open a socket for you. Xander. That's how they did. They've been on 24 long enough. That's how they describe the birds and the bees. They've read. See, when a man and a woman love each other, they open a socket and things happen. <laughs> their, kids, their kids are probably called open, the, and socket. <laughs> open, the, socket. Dinner's ready. Um, okay, so the Jack storyline. Uh, we do get to find out why he has, uh, or he needed the hacksaw in the last episode because uh, he, oh, before he gets transferred, I'm really excited to talk about this. You, you want to talk about the quickest, you know, destinations that you can get to in 24. When this episode opens, Jack is in a helicopter with Michelle, right? <laughs> Chopper command. Chopper command. Yeah. So she, the, she's accompanying him to drop him off near Joe's garage. Why? Who's Joe? We don't know. Another character that we keep getting told about that doesn't matter, but why does she have to come in? Also, they're not wearing the headsets, which I yeah. know right away they're not in a real helicopter. Yeah. Um, but she drops them off. And then Jack goes in there. And no joke, the very next scene is Michelle going back to her desk and talking to Tony <laughs> <laughs> right before the whole Mason. That is the, the light speed to get there. Like, obviously, there had to be an editing mistake. But I'm, I'm going to pinpoint that as the quickest destination in the history of 24. And what, why does Michelle have to go with Jack, like Michelle just met Jack. And they should have sent Paula. And literally, literally, like, Jack has already said, I only trust Tony, not even you, George, you're a dick. Like, yeah. He just met Michelle. And, like, the one thing I'll just quickly say before I forget with the Jack storyline is, like, are we back in season one already, like, on the phone? Have you got Kim yet? Damn it. Yeah, this is the one I thing know. I said, like, it's like, oh, my God, here we go again. Like, are they safe? Like, I mean, we get it. Like, just, you know, daughter's in trouble, but, yeah. 
Yeah, there's a lot of flashbacks with that. But uh, he basically goes to Joe's garage because Joe is another one of the random people there's, that we hear about that has connection. Just quickly, there's a pretty popular bar in um, Hobart called Joe's Garage. So true story. Oh, yeah. lots of heads and duffel bags there too. Uh, yeah. But they don't want Jack there because this is the, the whole reason that they needed the president of the United States of America to call Jack is because their only hope is some nameless person named Joe who also was associated with some nameless person that Jack put in prison. We don't even know. Uh, and he cuts off the head of the guy in the last episode to present it as a gift because that's the only way. Now, they worked on his cover story and all that, which also was a completely useless scene yeah. because Michelle is like, no, 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 don't put that in the cover story. They're going to, you have to put this. And what's the first thing to do? They said, there's no documents about Jack being released from prison. He's lying. Why do the whole cover story? Like it, it's just, it was completely useless. And like Jack is going to forget that. Um, but obviously they're playing him. He's playing them. Uh, really the only thing that happens here is Jack does the world's longest oil change. I think by episode <laughs> six, he's still trying to do an oil change on this car. And it's the most, it's the more suspicious than Sarah Winter going through Ray's glove box <laughs> is Jack just every once in a while peeking out from the, uh, oh, no, no, just just uh, just trying to get the, the, the battery changed here. And he's you know, on the cell phone the entire time. Taking photos. It's just, Taking photos, yeah, it's completely implausible. Uh, and even when they come back, oh, the car won't start. All that happens in this is that this Joe guy, uh, even though it's against better judgment, they want to offer Jack a job. Oh, what job is it? Uh, no, oh, we're going to uh, what he uses a phrase here. I'm, I gotta see if I made note of it, uh, conversion or something like that. Yeah, like property uh, conversion or something. We're gonna, yeah, what are we converting? Government facility, government into building into a cemetery. Yeah, yeah, oh, which building? CTU Los Angeles. that's how you end an episode (laughs) not like last week that's a good end to the episode i remember watching this going oh no um yeah like i gotta say like palmer's dumb these terrorist guys are dumb too like i'm with dave like dave's (laughs) a smart one here because like he comes in and like legitimately as he says like uh don't you think it's a bit suspicious that he shows up on today of all days like i mean just like you know i like this joe guy's pretty dumb because like oh there's a headless uh, a head and thing ah jack's back like, which I remember they use that in, like, trailers a lot. Uh, like, Jack's back. Um, the one thing I like about kind of Jack plays is because he's there to, what, see Eddie or whatever it is. And then the way he's just kind of like, oh, Eddie's not available. Okay. And he kind of leaves. Like, he doesn't make a big deal out of it. But, um, yeah, like, I mean, plot's got a plot, right? Like, he's got to get in there somehow. But, like, it's just kind of, it's a bit convenient kind of stuff. But, like, I do, the the guys here, so the guy who plays um, Dave, so this is uh, Gregory Sporleda who he was in Twister. Uh, I do like, I think he was one of Jonas's crew in Twister from memory, Um, was a bit in True Blood and he was in something else too, quite familiar. But the other guy, um, the one of the other sort of goons, the guy who plays Chris, um, that is the great actor by the name of Jimmy Simpson, uh, who if if you've ever seen Loser, he was, uh, I remember that was his first movie I'm seeing here, but like he was like one of the sort of the main evil sort of, group people in loser but he's been in a lot of things too so yeah he's um, he's one of these guys that you could have included him on uh the also xander berkeley and um um uh, the documentary i always mention with xander yeah. berkeley was in the uh he's that guy in that thing because he's one of those yeah. guys uh zodiac house he was in the movies house of cards zodiac and there was something i saw him i'm gonna have to look it up there was something i saw him in very recently i'm like where do i recognize this guy from um but i, I literally just watched it but uh yeah Great actor. He's, Good he's, old Jimmy. Yeah, he, he's like, and like, I don't know, like, Loser's one of those, like, random sort of ones that always falls into, like, the, you know, the American Pie sort of late 90s, early 2000s, like, teen gross-out things. But I always, I always like Loser. And that was, I mean, that was a movie that Teenage Dirtbag came from, so I think that's kind of what it's best known for. But, um, yeah, what's his face? Jason Biggs, before everyone hated him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I like Jason Biggs. And what's her name? Um... Oh, I had oh, a mad crush on her. Amer- American Beauty Girl. American Beauty Girl. Yeah, yeah. Whatever happened to her? I like her. <laughs> um, she was in American Pie as well. American Pie. We haven't, we haven't thought about doing the American Pie movies. They're good we movies. should. Yeah, I mean, you know. I, I didn't love the third one, but I think the first two were fantastic. The third one was just Stifler's movie. The fourth one actually wasn't too bad. Uh, I've never seen, like, those random spin-offs that they did. But that was, like, oh, yeah. how Eugene Levy's, like, such a big thing now. And I realise in Canada he's yeah. always been a big thing. But, like, I only ever knew him as um, the dad from American Pie. That was always my yeah. thing. So. But you couldn't watch American Pie. Colin's got naughty bits in it. <laughs> they talk uh, about th- sex and you see boobies. <laughs> 
I, I watched it and didn't understand what was going on. <laughs> yeah, why? Like, I don't get the gross-out thing. What? So what? So what about fucking a pie? Um, that's what well, we do I just thought he was legitimately trying to keep warm. <laughs> like, must have been cold in his house. Got a caught a drop. <laughs> so we do a Winnipeg. Just walk into walk into the I kitchen. I've got one on me right now. <laughs> your, your parents as a kid, all right? Hilding family. Guess what time it is? <laughs> Digging the pie time. Open a socket. <laughs> I mean, you, you don't really experience winter like we do, but also you might just get cold at you know winter temperatures. But did you ever have anything like unusual that your parents would do during like these weird weather times? I, I never had to do this, but I know I've heard of people where they would, um, maybe it was before my time, they put newspapers inside your jacket just to keep you warmer. Uh, the main thing we had was, because um, in the winter, our snow gets so deep. I mean, we, it all depends on the winter. Sometimes we'll have very little snow throughout the winter. Sometimes we'll have, you know, 10 feet of snow. Uh, and you're always walking and your feet are always you know, going all the way in. So a regular thing was basically plastic bags tied around your feet inside your boots because you're going to get snow inside your boots because the snow is that deep. Um, not winter. I rem- summer was probably the more one that like I grew up in a house that like we had no like insulation. So like it would be 35 degrees outside and it would be like 70 degrees inside. Like it was just, it was always a sauna. You'd always hate having to like come home. So like my biggest thing was like trying to come up with things to remain cool. Cause we had no air conditioning either. I had such a terrible childhood. But um, so I would do things like going to bed. Cause I would always be going to bed. You know, you can only get so naked. Um, So I would like bring, we'd have like the ice bricks and I would like put them in my pillow to like cool it down. But like I legitimately got to a point, my sister used to always go off at me. I would put my pillow in the freezer like an hour before I would go to bed. Uh, and of course, like this is probably hasn't been washed in a month. So like my sister, of course, would be like, Ben, that's disgusting. You're putting your pillow in the freezer. Um, but like I, I would always be working out things to cool down. And like I couldn't open a window because if I open a window, there'd be seven spiders on my ceiling. And I'm like, oh, God. And like not like Canadian spiders. We're talking hand sized spiders. And like legit, like I did that once. I remember opening my window, like, oh, fuck it. Like I'm going to be brave. I'm going to open a window. And I, you know, went and watched TV for a bit, came back to my room and ally, literally two huntsmen's on my ceiling. And they're hand-sized spiders on my ceiling. And I'm just like, okay, looks like I'm sleeping somewhere else tonight. Because <laughs> uh, even when you're like, Dad, kill the spiders, like you've just got that fear in the back of your mind, like their friends know they're dead. They're going to come after them to save them. <laughs> like right now I'm talking about I'm looking at my ceiling because I get scared whenever I start talking about them. There's going to be one on my ceiling. They're that fucking scary. Ooh. I, 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 I really overheat when I sleep. Like it, it does. Mm. It's just something natural. I think everybody's sort of the opposite. When you're either one of these people, when you start to drift off, your body temperature plummets or your person is scarred. My, the second, if I even start getting drowsy, like I will like wake up sweating within 15 seconds of starting to drift off. Uh, so I, I figured out years ago that uh, an ice pack, you know, those ones where it's just a gel one. So it's yeah. foldable. I'd wrap that in a towel, like not even a thick towel, but like a thin dish towel or something like that. And I'd put that either inside my pillowcase or sometimes on the outside. And I'll do that even in the winter here because I'll overheat even in the winter. I think the winter, like growing up, it was electric blankets was our main thing and like hot water bottles. Um, And now like I have a heater in my room, which my room gets kind of cold at the moment. Um, So like I'll kind of have that on, but then like I'll fall asleep with it on and then you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like sweating like a prostitute in church. So you kind of like got to... (laughs) Kind of like, um, you know, turn it off. But, um, yeah, when I lived in Canada, like, I mean, first, like, bit of we lived in, like, a basement area and, like, it, like that was actually a good place to live in because when it sort of got warm in the summer, you never knew how warm it was outside. And I didn't, yeah. I wasn't there for winter. And, win- I mean, winter in Victoria, you laugh at me, but, like, being in the apartment, like, it wasn't bad. Like, the great thing about that apartment complex, which, I mean, I'm sure it's a Canadian thing. I've never lived in an apartment in Australia, so I don't know how it works here, but it's kind of like you got the heating as part of your things. So you turn mm-hmm. on the thermostat and... Even when it snowed, it wasn't that cold inside. So because <laughs> it was BC. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, uh, which do you know that funny? Did I ever tell you that funny thing that somebody told me? I remember getting car insurance once, and they're like, "Oh, you know what BC stands for? Bring cash," because um, like it's so expensive. And I'm like, "Ah, oh, I get it. Yeah. That's funny." <laughs> uh, so, which yeah, it was fucking expensive. God damn BC. Yeah, terrible. Never go there. Um, yes, I for- liked it. Well, most of the time, some Somewhere. stuff might have happened that made me. Get a slight <laughs> distaste of the place, but you know, they called the Vancouver. So anything, Canucks. anything you want to cover on <laughs> Jack's storyline? Yeah, I, I think I've like, I mean, I think covering this episode has made it worse. <laughs> like, because yeah. it's like it's, it's, 
yeah, and it's kind of sad to think that we're in the second episode and already like, cause ah, and this is where like, as I said, all the times we're in season two, it's like, well, how does this season feel? Like, even in the official guide, they're basically talking up, oh well, Kim's storyline. They're like, you're not talking up Kim's storyline. Like, come on, like. There's, there's nothing really groundbreaking. Like, at least last week you had, like, get me a hacksaw, right? Like, that's that's buy-worthy enough. This week, like, I'm with you. The ending's kind of cool because, like, I remember going, oh, no, they're going to lot CTU. What Jack, what's Jack going to do? Um, but, like, it, it just things are moving too quickly. It just feels rushed. Like, the Warner storyline is literally the only thing that's not rushed. Mm-hmm. Everything else is rushed. The Jack stuff feels rushed. The Kim stuff is way too rushed. Even the Palmer stuff is rushed. Like, it's just... Like, this is, I think, one thing I'll say, like, with this season with the nuclear bomb storyline. It's like, it gets to a point with it, and then kind of the second part of the season's kind of about something else, which, like, it's not terrible. But I feel like sometimes with these three-part sort of series of 24, like, it can kind of be a bit much sometimes. Like, there's nothing wrong with, like... Like, season four does it well with the fact that you don't have, like, three builds up to three different villains. Season four is kind of the only season in which the mm. villain from day one is the villain the entire season. And yeah. I like that. Like, and this is where I feel this season, like just have the nuke like right up to the final hour. You know what I mean? And then kind of drag it out more. Um, but I guess they can't, right? Cause it's got to go off today. today. And today's only <laughs> 16 hours. So uh, I don't know where I'm going with the point. The Jack stuff's fine. Like, I don't know. We've got Jack back to being Jack, but even then it's just rushed. It's just, yeah. I really have no trivia that I could find here unless you have something in the official guide. Colin, Colin, I've got one for you. Okay. This episode is the 26th episode 26th. of 24. Yes. <laughs> yep. Um, there's, there's not a lot um, in the book. Um, um, that was last week. We should probably uh, turn the page. <laughs> um, they've got a bit here about the terror alert in the US. Um, it says day two takes place 18 months, and this whole thing is the one about Alicia Cuthbert, and I think I mentioned this last week. Alicia Cuthbert said, I was making a movie during that season too. I was going back and forth on The Girl Next Door. Tonight shoots at 24. But I put a lot of time and work into that year, so I'm proud of it. Well, good for you, Alicia. You <laughs> well, hockey player. She so, didn't watch you know. the show, so she can't be that proud of it. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I, I'd probably rather watch The Girl Next Door at this stage. I've never seen The Girl Next Door. so I haven't either. Um, well, she well, plays you know a what? porn star that lives next door to somebody, so that sounds like a good movie to me. I, I'm not saying we sh- we are going to do this, but imagine if we just did a month based on 24's actors' movies. Like, well, I mean, it's what will we have. I mean, we have that heard. Do we have something good for Key for Flatliners? Well, maybe Lost I was going to say we we talked like I know Darvell and I talked a lot about that with Third Watch that we should do a month of just like and maybe not even probably saw with Third Watch it'd be more like let's do an episode of um you know Persons Unknown with Jason Wiles and you would do you know a Kim Raver show and like you'd do that and like Nip Tuck I think we talked a little bit which I think they would be fun projects to do but yeah twenty four um I mean even TV you could do it like you could do an episode of um. Uh, what was the president show that I liked? Designated Survivor, mm-hmm. uh, Alicia Cuthbert. You could do that one with um that one you always talk up. Um, I mean, I guess the difficulty with twenty four is like you'd what do like Marilyn Radzkub, I guess. Um, <laughs> so you could do like Little Miss Sunshine, Carlos Bernard, that thing he was in. I don't even what has Carlos <laughs> Bernard been in? I don't even know. But yeah, like I don't know, like movies. Keith Sutherland. Oh, um, oh. Uh, Freeway, whatever it's called. Uh, please, oh, can yeah. you do that? Um, Xander Berkeley would be great because we could do Apollo 13, Gattaca, Terminator 2. Yeah, F- we've done Air Force 1, yeah. Colin. Uh- <laughs> oh, that's right, we did. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Terry, uh, Leslie Hope, we could do uh, an episode of Suits. Um, yeah. Sarah Winter, we could do The Sixth Day again. Um, Sarah Clark, <laughs> we could do 13. That was a good movie. Not just because it's about 13-year-olds being promiscuous, Colin, before you say anything. Um, <laughs> well, she was in Twilight. We could, oh, no, we haven't got to a million likes. Um, Rachel <laughs> Ellsworth, she was in one of the Alien vs. Predator. Alien vs. Predator, yeah. The one I could um, never make it all the way through. Oh, Robert Carlyle, we could do The World Is Not Enough. The, <laughs> <you know. laughs> um, can we just say there's a Bond villain as a guy in, well, the TV movie, but... Um, how many Bond actors? I mean, John Terry, Robert Carlyle. At least Pierce two. <laughs> <laughs> Pierce Brosnan played random terrorist number four. Uh, <laughs> imagine that. Like if you just, you got that years later, Pierce Brosnan's like, Thor, you forgot me in 24, eh? <laughs> uh, so I don't, I, I'm agreeing with you on something else, which is that uh, I was probably higher on this episode before we had to talk it through. Uh, yeah. Slightly. So, I mean, I'm renting this episode. 
I, I was going to rent at the beginning, but I'm much a little bit lower on my rent this time uh, now after having had to talk through some of the garbage. Yeah, see, like, I'm very, oh, I'm on the cusp here of, like, is it, the, is, oh, it's not a bin, it's, no, because, like, I mean, there's nothing so bad in this that makes me angry, it's just kind of just, like, it's rushed, it's kind of just, like, eh, like, characters in this episode are dumb, um, so, and, like, that's, like, yeah. You saying it was rushed is funny, because the story is rushed, but then things that I think you should be rushing through like Jack's storyline, they literally have him spending 30 minutes looking under the hood of a car. Like, yeah. they picked the wrong things to rush through. So, yeah, with that, I'll rent it, but it's a very low rent. Low rent to the fact that this is my lowest rent. I have this at <laughs> 23 out of 26. Um, so I've got this just below 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. and just above 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. of last season. So, yeah, I mean, it's just... I don't know, like, it's kind of... It's a bit underwhelming to start this season off. Like, again, like, last week, set the tone, great. Um, But, like... I don't know. Like, I haven't watched episode three yet. It's been a few years since I've watched episode three. Um, so, like, I obviously know what's coming up. But, um, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm actually putting it pretty much in the same spot again. I, I think I just rented or binned a little bit more than you did. I've got this at 21, which is also going to be my lowest rent. Now, before we started this, I had ranked this one spot higher. I'd ranked it as my second lowest rent. And then talking through the episode, it's down to my lowest rent. So 21 for me, lowest rent all around. We're in agreement. Yeah. Now I'm just actually looking ahead to next week and it is the episode I thought it was. So like, God, Kim's like plot's got a plot and put her in more danger, right? Like, oh God, I forgot what happens (laughs) next week when it comes to let's put Kim in more danger. Oh my God. It's going to be much more implausible next week. Um and it's so repetitive. I think that's the biggest problem. Um, that but, is the biggest problem with Kim. It's so bad yeah. that, like, it's just, like, literally next week you may as well have a cougar driving her <laughs> to where the nuclear bomb is being made. Like, that is that would be a more believable storyline based on just, like, every week this week. It should, the show shouldn't be called 24. This, be this week on Kim's in danger. Like, what's that show, Kim Possible? Like, it should be, like, Kim's... <laughs> impossible I, I don't know kim opens kim socket. plausible kim plausible <laughs> kim socket well that's a that's a show i'd watch kim socket Ooh. <laughs> ben <laughs> all right so i think it'll slightly improve next week because i have watched it um so uh we will be back uh we'll be back with the dogs uh <laughs> jack's back and we're back uh it's a whole new day um thank you everybody uh continue to listen we got some great interviews coming up i'm sure at some point uh, I just want to say what I, 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 I'm, I'm what putting it out there. Who are you talking knowing, to? <laughs> not knowing when this is going to air. I'm like, maybe we got some big interviews coming up. Uh, can we just say, can we please get Sarah Winter on here? I don't even think we've mentioned her, but like that would actually be a really interesting interview is getting Sarah Winter. I, I like, obviously we've had a few 24 actors on and we, we did the reunion a couple of weeks ago, but like I, I basically went through the main cast and people I think have appeared in 10 or more episodes, right? Like, and I, I, I would have reached out to Sarah Winter's people, um, but I don't know if she's one of the ones that I... I don't think I ever got a reply from any of her people. Mm. So, um, and, like, yeah, she, she's one of these people who I'd, like, no disrespect to Sarah Winter, but, like, I feel she's not in the league of, like, a Keeper Sutherland saying polite decline. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's kind of... Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I we sadly haven't heard back, so maybe I'll have to push on her. Try again. Say, you know, like, hey, we've done the 6 day and 24, and we'll do that episode of... Uh, Flight of the Concords, where you're Keitha, <laughs> Keitha, and they just bag out Australia for the entire episode. It's great. She could be the first person we've done the entire filmography of. It wouldn't take that long. You know, <laughs> we should do that. Like, just pick random actor. Like, here is just pick a year. Here, here we're doing yeah. John Travolta to 2022. Kevin Bacon year. <laughs> Renee uh, Russo Millennium. Oh yes, <laughs> new podcast. <laughs> we're rebranding into Renee oh, Russo. Not another Oz. one, Colin. Stop it. Uh, we'll, just end this. we'll just end this one to do it. Uh, my name is Colin Miss. <laughs>
Oh, that's it. Um, and my name is Ben, and I'm going to go open a socket. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. <laughs>